Okay. Are we all well? Yes? It's good. Very, very good. Now, the purpose of all of, all of that was not just to, well, let's have a little bit of fun, but um, to have a look at um, what it was when we, we took off from down on the floor there and then we took off from a different height. And what it is, is, is I'm talking about is foundations this morning. And when the guys were down on the floor and they had nowhere else to go, they had nothing else to leap from, nowhere else to spread their legs out or take a run up even if they wanted to, they could only go so far. But give them height, give them a foundation, give them something to take off from, and they both made it further. So today, if you're taking notes, I would like you to write down this phrase. It's not a waste of time. It's not a waste of time. Mother Teresa made this statement. I know God will not give me anything I can't handle. I just wish that he didn't trust me so much. Psalm 9 verse 9 says, The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. I just got these, there's just a couple of scriptures here that, including that one, that when I was preparing really just sort of hit, sat with me. So I'm just going to speak these out. And if these speak to you this morning, take them on board, write them down, look them up, open your Bibles, have a good look. And Psalm 25. This is of David. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. I trust in you, O my God. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one whose hope is in you will ever be put to shame, but they will be put to shame who are treacherous without excuse. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all day long. Remember, O Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from, oh, they are from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you are good, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful for those who keep the demands of his covenant. For the sake of your name, O Lord, forgive my iniquity, though it is great. Who then is the man that fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way chosen for him. He will spend his days in prosperity, and his descendants will inherit the land. The Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. My eyes are ever on the Lord, for only he will release my feet from the snare. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am loving, oh, sorry, I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart have multiplied. Free me from my anguish. 
Look upon my affliction and my distress and take away all my sins. See how my enemies have increased and how fiercely they hate me. Guard my life and rescue me. Let me not be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness protect me, because my hope is in you. Redeem Israel, O God, from all their troubles. An awesome, awesome psalm. And where it says here that, Who then is the man that fears the Lord? He will, God will, instruct him in the way he has chosen for him. God has already got a chosen path for us. He will spend his days in prosperity and his descendants will inherit the land. Lots of good stuff in there. Make sure you read Psalm 25. And if you're feeling like you're not sure which way to go, read Psalm 25. There's a saying that says, behind every good man is an even better woman. Well, I, Sarah's saying it's true. It is true. Well, I believe that. And in most respects, I believe that God uses what is behind us, our past, to propel us into our future, into his plan for our lives. Our past is not a waste of time. Our troubles, our joy, our highlights, our lowlights are not a waste of time. They are all fitting into the plan that God has got for us. Do we understand them all? No. Are we meant to? No. This year has been a great year and it has been a hard year for some. Uh, Josiah had his first birthday this year. That was awesome. That was very special. Maybe you have had the birth of a new child this year. Maybe you've had some answered prayer to something, some healing, some God-given direction, some confirmation. What are the things that God has done in your life? What are the exciting things? What are the um, amazing things that have happened in your life? Celebrate them for their good. I'm not talking about just all the, the horrible times, the times that are rough and tough. All of it. The times to celebrate things. Josiah's first year and the celebration of that is part of his journey. Part of his makeup, part of his future. All of your past is part and parcel of what God's got for you into the future. And what an awesome time to look at it at this time of the year, the last Sunday of the year, just about to step into a whole new year. What's God's future for you next year? What's He got for you next year? What does he build a foundation for to be able to build on for you next year? I want you all to open your Bibles, if you haven't already, and turn to 1 Corinthians for me. Hayden, if you want to whack that up, mate, that would be great. I've got an English version of this this scripture that I want to read. Um, 
But I've got a couple of others that I want to read too. But leading up to this, Paul is talking to the people of Corinth. So it's 1 Corinthians 15, and we're going to be looking at verse 58. But leading up to that, verses 30, 35 to 57, Paul's talking to the Corinthians about the natural and the spiritual body. He talks about um, what we will inherit when we die and move to heaven. He's talking about what you sow and what you reap and, and all those sorts of things. But then he sums it up. He finishes the chapter with this statement. In the NIV it reads, Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Tim actually mentioned this scripture uh, last Sunday. And I knew it was going to be part of what I was going to be preaching about today. And that was a bit of confirmation for me as well. But the Message Bible reads it beautifully. With all this going for us, my dear, dear friends, stand your ground and don't hold back. Throw yourselves into the work of the Master, confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. Let me read that again. With all this going for us, my dear, dear friends, stand your ground and don't hold back. Throw yourselves into the work of the master, confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. Nothing we have done is a waste of time or effort. Nothing. Nothing. I just want to pull out two points. It's going to be really brief and simple and easy this morning. Two things that I'd love you to take away with this morning. First one's this. Allow God to handle the past to free you into your future. Allow God to deal with the stuff of the past so then he can release you into your future. Because as we read in Psalm 25, God has a path and he will guide you in it if you focus on him and if you look and focus towards him. God sometimes doesn't move us forward into the things he has for us if we persist with focusing on the past. That's all we see. If all we look at is the past... That's all we're going to see. If all we do is look in the revision mirror of our car, we're going to end up off track, off the path. It's good to know where we've come from. It's good to know that the foundations and what we've learnt along the way and what we've been directed in our path so far But a car is a great example. How big is the windscreen going forward than the revision mirror going backwards? Every time you get in your car, I hope you think about that. I hope you look at that and go, yeah, cool. God's got a big future for me. And it's broad and it's wide and there's lots of possible options. But he's got one path for us. If we focus on him, and get our eyes off the revision mirror. 
Some people take um, some hard, some people are hard work, I think, for God. I do. Some people find it really easy. He works so hard to try and get them onto their path. And the best example we can have for that is Jonah. Jonah said, no, I am not going to do it. He did everything he could to go against God. So God had to do something miraculous, put him in a fish and leave him in the fish until he acknowledged the path of God, until he acknowledged the future of God. And you know what? Jonah had a foundation. Jonah didn't, God didn't say to Jonah, okay, excellent. Now that you have uh, come to me and you've worked it out and you've got it right, I'm going to spit you back where I picked you up from and you've got to make your way to Nineveh. No. God spat him out on the, on the journey. He spat him out where he had just had to go, just not too far to Nineveh. He didn't send him backwards. He put him forward. He used that to propel him forward. Just like the guys he used the stage to propel themselves forward to get further in their jump. God used the fish to propel Noah. I mean Jonah. Wow. That's a that would be a funny story. Anyway. Swallowing an ark. Anyway. <laughs> Propelled him forward. The second thing that I want us to take away. So the first one was allow God to handle the past to free you into your future. The second thing is see the past as a foundation that God builds on. God doesn't go, oh, I wish you didn't do that because I can't, I can't do that now. And I wish you didn't do that because I, oh, I can't do that now. He uses everything to build the future for you on. He builds, the, he builds on, on grief. He grows you out of grief. He grows you out of hardship. He grows you out of celebration. He grows you out of victory and triumph and joy. All of it. Mixed in like a slab topped with marbles. He builds from everything. Imagine Paul when he was Saul, how hard I think it would have been to move forward. He, I mean, if he looked at the past, he may never have fulfilled the future that God had for him. Paul was there when Stephen was stoned. Paul was there giving orders to basically dismantle what he was calling the way, dismantle the church. In Acts 8, 1 to 3, it reads like this in the new, uh, NIV version. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off men and women and put them in prison. This man had a vengeance against the church. And then God met with him in Acts, transformed his life, 
And then we read in, I mean, books later on, in a letter that he wrote to the Ephesians, for this reason, in Ephesians 1, 15 to 17, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. What a transformation! He could have been right back in the path, sitting in a temple, going, oh God, when he realized, when he had that encounter with God, what have I done? What have I set? Because it wouldn't have just been him. He would have had many, 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 many people going through with his order to go and remove people and imprison them. Just imagine if he was sitting there focusing on the past, focusing on what he had done in the past instead of what God had laid out for him in the future. He could have just sat there and mourned and gone, I have sinned against you greatly. Yet he didn't. He knew that God was a forgiving God. He knew that God would bless him with a release from thinking about that to look out the front windscreen and to know that it's greater than his past. Yet, Paul was so skilled, he was so knowledgeable in, uh, in doctrine and in law that he used the past. He used his past in his propelled future with God to basically explain and promote Jesus to all the people of the law that were just like, I'll get you on this. He knew it better than anyone. And God used him, flipped him to use him for his, his glory and an amazing future. He got persecuted. He got stoned. He got everything. But he focused on God and he was propelled into his future from his foundation. Gideon, let's just turn to Judges if you can. A lot of scripture this morning, but you know what? If I stand up and say stuff that I've, you know, learnt and whatever, la la la, you're probably not going to get much. But I can tell you now, if we read scripture, every single person in this room will get something. Judges 6. We're reading from verse 1. Judges 6. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of the Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amicalites, and other eastern peoples invaded the country. They camped on the ground, oh, sorry, on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count the men and their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. When the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of Egypt 
out of the land of slavery. I snatched you from the power of Egypt and from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them from before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. So interesting that the actual mention, all the mention about the prophet ends there. He would have been a really popular kid. Verse 11. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak of Oprah Winfrey. I mean, of Oprah. That it belonged to Joash the Abizarite. Where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. I want you to just turn next to the person next to you and say, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Excellent. 13, verse 13. But sir, Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all these, his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? couple of quick things. Israel had been through all sorts of stuff, highs, lows, out of Egypt, into the promised land. Hooray, we're there. Then they just wandered in the desert. They were worshipping idols. They went downhill, up, down, up, down. You know what? I reckon when they got out of Egypt, they thought, this is it. This is all we're here for. Unreal, we've made it. God had a bigger plan for them. And you know what? I think that's the same with us. And it's the same with Gideon too. He probably thought, yep, pressing this, you know, in this wine press, I'm going along, I'm just doing my thing, we're going to keep this from the midnights, this is all I've got to do. Ha, I'm fulfilled, I'm right, this is good, excellent. And then an angel came to him and said, this is not for you, you're going to save Israel. I think sometimes we box in and we cloud and we go, no, 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 we'll settle for this. This is all we're meant to do, just this. God's going, hang on, no, 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 that's just like, you know, we've just put the framework up. I now want to put bricks to you. I want to now put a roof on you. I now want to interiorly design you. You know, he wants so much more, yet we sometimes settle for so much less. The angel came to a man who probably thought, I just read that and I just did that. Well done, Andrew. God called Gideon what God saw him as. He didn't say, hello there, Gideon, son of Joash, which would sound cool on like a, you know, a movie. He said, God is with you, mighty warrior. He saw what Gideon can be. He saw what he can be. He didn't come in and just say, Good son, good, well done. You're just working hard for dad. Well done. 
Now he came in and said, you are a mighty warrior. And he's like, hang on, whoa, no, no, no. But sir, he said, he was nice. You know what? We all complain. We all complain. We all think stuff is just not quite right. And Gideon went straight there. He went, but sir, hang on a minute. Don't come in here and talk like that. What about? And started rattling it all off. You know what? Gideon turned around and he looked at the past. And he went, what about all these things? You know, look at that. What about that? What about this? And the angel was saying, no, 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 no. Look, you've got it already. You are a mighty warrior and I'm laying it out for you. Go and save Israel. I'm not looking at the past. I'm looking at the future. I love it how it says in that verse 14, go in the strength you have. The strength that Gideon would have got physically or spiritually, whichever way you look at it, would have come from all that he has done, all that he has learnt in his father's house. Everything that he has would have, be, would have been, everything from the past, everything that got him to that place was his past, was what God had taught him through manual labor, through his dad's teaching, through any way that he knew about it, because he knew scripture. He said, what about all these promises? So God met him through an angel at a time when he said, I know that everything within you is what you need to go and save Israel. He knew the history of Gideon. And he said, it's right, it's time. You're ready to go. He didn't say, you know what, Gideon? I would have come about two years earlier if you just didn't do that. Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? The two things. Allow God to handle the past to free you into the future. See the past. And the second thing is see the past as a foundation that God builds on. Can you guys come up? That'd be good. Look at your past. Go back. Review it. Have a look at what the journey you've been on. Good, bad, ugly. God's done it all for a purpose. All for a purpose. All for a purpose to have you here in this building right now, listening to this, ready to go into 2010. What's God talking to you about? What's he showing you? You know, in Matthew 7, it talks about a, um, a wise and a foolish builder. One built his hand, house on the sand, and one built his house on the rock. I just want to encourage you this morning. Know that God is your rock. God's the rock in your life. Nothing else. Everything else is sand. And like we heard from Vicky, where's your hope? Don't put your hope in the horse. Put your hope in God. He's our rock.
He's our best foundation. And he wants to build from your life amazing things. You've just got to let him. Just got to let God possibly expand what you think. Because he does want to bless you more than you can imagine. I just want us all to stand if you can. That'd be good. I want us to all, all close our eyes. Today, on the last Sunday of 2009, in preparation for what will come in 2010. Let's get ourselves right with God. Let's acknowledge our past, but equally acknowledging our future. Right now, with all eyes closed, I just want to invite anyone who who may not know Jesus in a personal relationship, may not have said, yes, I want to know that rock. I want to have that foundation in my life. If you're here, I I want to be able to pray with you. And also, we're going to encourage you, if you want to get yourself right, if you, you know personally what you may need to do to get right with God in preparation to, to have that foundation perfect, ripe and ready for 2010. I'm going to pray for you too. But firstly, for those that may not know Jesus, I just want you to right now, just to acknowledge that, you just lift your hand in the air. If you want a relationship with Jesus this morning, I just want you to lift your hand. morning when I was preparing this I knew that my life needed to be in a certain place with God and and it wasn't and I needed to write my heart and my life and I believe that God was saying share this with the people that they could have an opportunity right now today in this moment to write themselves whatever that means with God this morning if you know that's true for you I just want you to lift your hand. God knows what that means for you. I just want you to lift your hand nice and high. As a declaration to God to say, God, I know that I need to do some things. Once you put them up, you can put them down. That's cool. We're going to pray. God of all gods, God of our our lives, God that loves us so immeasurably, we thank you that you are here with us right now. We thank you that you love us dearly. God, we just ask right now that you would come and you would fill us all, Lord God. 
Fill all of us to be able to overflow with what you have for us, your future, Lord God, that can be built off the foundation that you have laid in our lives, Lord. God, we thank you that you are king and we know that you are the master builder, Lord. And Father, for everyone that has put up their hand, including myself, Lord God, to ride ourselves with you today, ready, Lord God, anticipating, eager to know what you have for us for 2010, Father. I pray that you would settle in all of those hearts. And for those that didn't raise their hand, but know that they need to just do that one thing, they need to do that that action, that word, they need to say those things, whatever it is, to write themselves with you. I pray that you would give us strength. I pray that you would give us the way, Lord God, to be able to step forward, Lord God, knowing that you have our past, that you have dealing with our past, to release us, to free us into the future, not caring, not needing to to nurture our past, but releasing it, ready to grab hold of our future. God, thank you for today. We thank you that you are sovereign and you are mighty. And I just want to sing a song that you probably all know in different ways, maybe shapes or forms. But I just want to sing this because it's just an amazing song. And, um, let's sing together.